Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good people. Ah, yeah, you know what it is. Hard worker, scrappy, unfiltered, and sometimes unhinged football content. Hard to explain, but you know it when you see it. Doing it daily, our way. I don't know what you're talking about right now. Redraft and Dynasty Fantasy Football, we got you covered. You know their defense is ranked like 31st in the NFL? NFL draft prospects and rookies? Now you know you're in the right place for that. Absolutely. All right, then stop saying it. Then we're done. And prop bets with my man Jay Rich. Count that money, man. Now wipe the crust out of your eyes. Get you a cup of coffee. It's time to wake your ass up with Ray G. You honestly are making absolutely no sense and you sound silly as hell. Let's get it. Let's get it. Let's get it. Good morning. 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 Good people. It is Monday, February 27th, 2020. Three, y'all decided to wake y'all asses up with Ray G. And for that, I appreciate every single view, every single eye, every single body, every single ear that's in the building this morning. It's Combine Week, baby. Woo! Let's get it. NFL Combine Week. Where's my air horn at? Woo! Let's go. Who we got in the building this morning? David in the building. Fizzle Dollars. Ricardo Garrison. Seven Gold Rings. What's up, baby? Alex C. Scott Connor. Marlon. Adam. Cole World. TDE, we're in a startup draft right now together. Auction going down right now. Roro in the building. Nathan, what's happening with you? TE Court Boss, morning. What's going on? Clay, Emilio, Matt Bruning, Ty Declare. It's going to be a good show today. I'm excited. Excited. We're going to talk about some combine, some guys that have a lot to gain, a lot to lose this week. We're going to talk through some community sentiment amongst these players. And for those of y'all who missed last night's show with Scott Connor, Destination Dynasty, Make sure you go back on the channel and tap into that. Scott was live last night at 8 p.m. Eastern time. It was close to 200 plus people in the building listening to him talk Dynasty Startup Strategy. Go back, check out that episode as well as I dropped a new film series that I'm doing on the channel. Little stuff, straight to the point. Film sessions in 10 minutes or less to let you know everything you need to know about these 2023 prospects. Jackson Smith and Jigba was dropped yesterday. I got QJ on the way. Got a bunch of players on the way, so stay tapped into that and of course if you missed out on america's game 40 chess or off the line fantasy last week go make sure you subscribe to the destination debbie podcast radio feed because they're dropping dope content over there free newsletter a lot of good stuff but y'all know we got to start the morning off right with a cup of it baby michelle adoro coffee get you a cup of that 15 percent off with the promo code wake up i have a cup multiple times a day Every single day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, every single day, Michelle Adoro is the only way, baby. And you know, whether you're watching the Wake Up Show, you're watching Scott Connor, you're watching whoever you watch on YouTube, 
Ain't no better way to do it than on the Epson, baby. 120-inch screen. Get you one of these joints. Epson came into your boy's crib. Hook me up with this brand new short throw projector. I'm telling y'all right now, changes the way you watch everything. I mean, I'm watching Your Honor on it, Last of Us on HBO. Kind of a slow episode last night, but they got to get the backstory of Ellie for those Last of Us fans out there. Shout out HBO. Holler at your boy GQ, man. Anybody can holler at me. We got space all over the show for ads and promotional shit, but I'm excited to have y'all in the building today. Jay Rich, how you doing this morning, my friend? I'm waiting for HBO to holler at you now. I'm excited. I'm a big you, HBO man. guy over right, let's here. Let's get wake up be... on HBO. Let's get wake nah. up on HBO. It'd be dope. Then we could really dope. say whatever we want. That would be fun. But uh, scouting com- <laughs> scouting combine this week, Ray. Are you yeah. excited? And most importantly, I never even asked you this, but why aren't you there this week? Well, I- I'll be in Mexico next week. So sh- programming oh. alert. We're only going to have wake up on Monday. So we'll do a big Monday Reaction show, but Wednesday I'll be out. We're taking the kids to a Nickelodeon resort in Mexico next oh, week. So OGQ's like only got limited vacation time. So I can't just I can't just do every single thing. I will be at the NFL draft though, so that'll be fun. But yeah, I decided to pass on the combine this year, man. I got a got a trip to take, man. Vacation days are limited, but that's that's why I'm not at the combine. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm excited, man. All these prospects. Um we saw some of them in Mobile. We're obviously not going to see them live, but I, I think the biggest thing for me with the combine, people say it's useless, underwear, Olympics, I get it. I think sometimes it's just good to see them perform next to another, next to one another, right? When they're all running the same routes, you can see kind of who has more polish than others. doesn't mean a lot, but sometimes it can make, help you make decisions in Dynasty and in rookie drafts, especially with some of the top guys. And when they're all going to be there, hopefully all participating, that can make a slight difference as well. But I am definitely excited to see what these guys look like, what they test like, because that's the biggest thing right now, right? We're waiting for those physical metrics and then the speed, the jumps, all that stuff is kind of to finalize our analytical process for these prospects. Yeah, man, it's a part of the puzzle, right? It's not the complete picture, but it is an important part. I think this will be the first time throughout this entire process right now, just about everybody, whether they they pay attention to college game or not, the redraft world, um, the keeper world, the dynasty world, the NFL world, for the most part, has a good idea of at least who the top players are. I still think there's a lot of names that people don't know about. Jay, a guy that you really like, Dontavian Wicks, that we saw at the Senior yeah. Bowl. Some of these lesser-named, lesser-known prospects, I think it's going to finally be able to... We'll start to be able to truly kind of categorize these guys, not just based on speed, but height and weight, um, other other metrics, other data points that we'll see. There, You know, every single year, there's players that go out there and absolutely destroy the combine and help boost their draft stock. And there's some players that we really like that go out there and fall. And ultimately, um, you know, draft capital is king when, when when you're talking about fantasy football and the opportunity to produce scoring points. So this is the first real thing outside the Senior Bowl where everyone's kind of on an equal playing field, where we'll just be able to get a lot of information and start to separate some of these players. So I'm excited for this, and we are going to talk about some players that we think have the most to gain and most to lose at the Combine. But uh, Jay, we got a little bit of news to talk about, so let's go ahead and get into that so we can get into the show, baby. The biggest news in the world of sports. Covered and brought to you by one man, Jordan Richards. This is Straight Facts, presented by Michelle Adoro. All right, Ray, so one of the biggest stories in the NFL world is actually the sale of the Washington Commanders, and the bids finally came in for Dan Snyder's team. He wanted a bid of $7 billion. 
Now, he didn't quite get that. He did apparently get a bid of $5.5 billion, which he wasn't too happy about. The list of prospects, of course, does not include Jeff Bezos because Dan Snyder said he would not sell the team to Jeff Bezos, even though obviously Jeff Bezos could probably pay whatever Dan Snyder wanted for that team. And as well, part of this that kind of falls into everything is that there is an owner's meeting on March 26th, and that's kind of when we're going to get get likely a final determination as to whether or not Snyder will sell the team, what the owners plan on doing, but it's looking more likely than not that Snyder will be the owner heading into 2023, so we may have to wait another year to get the sale of the commanders, but unless something happens between now and then, um, it's not looking very good. In other news, Ray, we didn't get get touched on this last week, but apparently Russell Wilson tried to get... Pete Carroll yeah, and John Schneider fired. Uh, hilarious story, of course. He comes out on Twitter. No, Pete's like a father to me, a mentor. I would never do that. And everyone's just like, Russ, you're just full of shit. And it's just every day, more some stories come out about Russ. And you're just like, how is this guy get away with everything that he does? But yeah, obviously he was traded. The Seahawks made a great decision. They have tons of draft capital, building a new defense, and they're probably going to get a new quarterback maybe this season. But we'll see what they do with Geno Smith. Obviously, he was great last year. The Chiefs have promoted Matt Nagy to OC. So we'll see what happens with that offense now. If you recall, Ray, one of the best iterations of the Chief offense was actually when Matt Nagy was OC. They were running the ball effectively. They were a bit more pass-heavy with the enemy, so they may return back to a more run-heavier style of offense with Isaiah Pacheco, obviously, and then as well... uh, Clyde's fifth-year option is expected to be declined, but, you know, no surprise there. And other running back news, though, there was another report out of Detroit that it's very unlikely DeAndre Swift is back with the Lions in 2024, last year of his deal. <laughs> Wait, Ray, you want him to come back? I don't I expect mean, him to come back. He's yeah. he's going to want too much money, right? He's probably going to want 8 to $10 million. And with his injury history, lack of production, literally no reason why Detroit would pay him that money. There's so many running backs that probably deserve that money, and he's unlikely to be one of them. But in better news for us in fantasy, there could be a good chance that DeAndre Swift has a a large workload this season because, again, they're not expecting to re-sign him based on his cap number. As well, there's potential that Joe Mixon is cut or, again, restructured by the Bengals. It would save them about $10 million in cap if he is cut or restructured. So that may be a possibility. And Samaje Piran is also a pending free agent. So lots of potential things to come for the Bengals. And, you know, we talk about how them not really looking to draft a running back. That could change in the coming days, probably in the combine or after the combine, when obviously all the GMs will be together and talking about these things. Jacoby Myers could be looking in a Christian Kirk range of contract from 15 to 20 million. That was reported by Mike Reese, a long Patriots beat reporter. I don't think they should pay him that money, but I'm sure that somebody would be willing to do so. Jalen Ramsey could also be on the move from the Rams, one of the only pieces they have that's actually worth anything. And he also said, I believe it was to Mike Florio, that he would be looking for a contract extension um, with the new team if he is traded for. And then the last thing, Ray, getting into the combine is ESPN's Jeremy Fowler reported that teams have draft draft grades ranging from a first round to fourth round for Anthony Richardson. And Anthony Richardson is currently the QB3 in terms of betting odds to be the third or the first overall pick behind Bryce Young and just barely behind CJ Stroud at plus 500. So definitely very interesting to see the change for uh, Anthony Richardson and what it could mean for him to go first overall. A lot of stuff, man. Um, Jacoby Myers, you said 15 to 20 million? Yes. So, okay. That's what about- do you what do you do with the Jacoby Myers? Like if Jacoby Myers is legitimately asking for 18 million. I don't I'd be curious how many franchises would sign to that cuz we talked about this. Franchise tag is 19.7, I believe. It's just mm-hmm. under 20 million. 
So where's the incentive to sign him for even 17 million or 16 million? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, we, we've been talking about that privately, that he's probably going to get, it's going to look like a Christian Kirk type contract. I think, Yeah. listen, you're talking about a veteran receiver that's ready to go. Um, he's good, man. I think he's good. I, I think part of, he, he's just one of those guys that had to claw his way, right? He, he wasn't highly touted. He wasn't a big time draft prospect. Started off a little bit slow, but when you're just talking about a guy that can go out there right away, I don't think you. I don't think you want Jacoby to be your one. I don't. I don't. Doesn't feel like that to me. But he's a really he's yeah. a quality receiver that I think a lot of veteran teams would. I'd rather pay him that money than what the New England Patriots paid for Nelson Aguilar or some of these other deals. Dallas paid for Michael Gallup. I'd rather have Jacoby Myers right now. You ask me, yeah. do I would I rather have Jacoby Myers or Michael Gallup? It's Jacoby Myers, and it's not even close. So. Uh, Good for him. Good for him. I'm excited to see where he signs. If New England's smart, uh, they bring him back. And if he's smart, he shops the services to see if he can get somewhere that's a little, uh, a little more conducive to the to the wide hey man, receiver. He's, though he's good in the offense, though. Good. Don't, I like don't him. discredit. He's he's been good in the offense. Uh, yeah, I, I, I like him. We sign him. I think they I like go another direction. I hope they go another direction. Build that if team they, a little yeah, bit differently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I think the bigger thing about this contract number is we need. We need a chase or somebody to break like that thirty million dollar threshold that we haven't really seen because I think Adams is the is the highest paid receiver right now. I think mm-hmm. he gets paid like twenty eight million, and then yeah, Hopkins that, right around that same that number twenty eight million. That doesn't have any bearing on Myers though. Like he's going to get paid in the range in which he's going to get paid. It doesn't matter about Chase. Doesn't matter about Jefferson. He's not even close to that. So you don't even have to worry about them to be a barometer. But, but you look at some of these today. guys, right? They're only paid like twenty five million. Right. So is, yeah. is that gap between Myers and, you know, a top receiver only five million dollars? I don't think so. That's that's yeah, part of the it, that's part of the tough it part. scales up. It levels up every year. So you can't look at yeah. what Stone said Tyrese money, too. Yeah. It's like 30 million. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it just continued to elevate. He's going to get paid in which the range he should. He's a good receiver. And I think New England would be smart to bring him back. And any other team, if he doesn't go back to New England, any other team that gets his services is getting an upgrade at the position. Myers is a good receiver. What was interesting was the Anthony Richardson. Um, I, you know, more. It, it's amazing. It, isn't it funny? We've been talking about A-Rich on this show for God knows how long. And now that yeah. people actually have turned on the film, right? Because most people were just trashing him based on his uh, raw Completion percentage. <laughs> That's all you heard. Oh, my God. The completion. He's so raw. The complete, He's not raw. He's inexperienced. There's a big difference. He's not a raw player. He knows how to manipulate a pocket. He knows how to stand in the pocket. He can deliver. He's not consistent because he doesn't have the experience. There's a big difference between being inexperienced and being raw. He's not a raw prospect. He doesn't need to learn how to throw the ball. He doesn't need to learn how to play quarterback. And now that people have actually taken a little bit of time to dive into his game, now it's, oh, he's a, I, I saw one, uh, I think Mike Renner had posted it from PFF where somebody said he's a blend of Justin Fields and Cam Newton. It's like, all right, yeah. now we've been we've been fans now. We haven't taken it that far, but we've been fans of his game for some time. You know, it, the laziest thing that I'm seeing out there with Richardson, man, is, oh, didn't we do this with Malik Willis? They're not even close. <laughs> They're not even close. They're not even on the same planet as prospects. Malik Willis and Anthony Richardson are not on the same planet as prospects. Now, I have learned speaking in absolutes is probably not a good thing to do. So I'm not going to say yeah. that there's no chance that he falls out of the first round. But I'd be willing to bet a lot of money because I think he is going to test at the combine. I think he's going to run. 
I think he's going to jump. I don't think any of the quarterbacks will throw. I, just my prediction, I don't believe any of the quarterbacks are actually really, going to throw. Eh? Nah, I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't. I do not think they they will throw. And to be quite honest, I wouldn't do it either. You're throwing to a bunch of receivers you don't know. There's no timing. There's no chemistry. Just wait for the scripted set at your pro day. Go out there and and, and make the most of it there. I do think they'll run though. I, I think Richardson will run. I believe Levis will run. I don't think Bryce is going to do much of anything. I don't think see him running. Yeah, I don't. I that can't means we're going to get more. We're going to get more of Malik Cunningham, Max nope. Duggan, and Jake Hayner nope. and Jaron nope. Hall. Nope. At, yep. At we're going to get a lot. Going to get a lot of that. I don't think Stroud's going to do anything. I don't think Bryce is going. And I'm just I'm just basing it on what the Alabama quarterbacks at the pat like Mac Jones did nothing. He did nothing yeah. until his pro day, right? I think he weighed in height weight at the combine. That was about it. I don't even think he ran at the combine. So. And maybe, no, I don't know, I don't maybe so. he was injured, so I don't know. But I, I do think that um, A. Rich is going to light the combine up, and that would be pretty much it from an athletic standpoint. Um, but uh, we've got to talk about some players that we have well, that, that I believe, and some guys that you have, that uh, have the most to gain, most to lose at the scouting combine. And if you saw the thumbnail, Jay, uh, there was a player on there who was in a track uniform, and he was in a football uniform. And we're yep. talking about Devon A-Chain, and it is Devon. Stop calling him Devin A-Chain. It's Devon A-Chain. My God, people, it's Devon A-Chain, running back out of Texas A&M, right now currently in my film grades. has nothing to do with the ranking. It is not a ranking. He's the fourth best running back that I saw on tape this year. Fourth best running back. Now, that doesn't mean he's going to be RB4 when it's all said and done. But right now, with Texas A&M listing him at 5'9", 185, I believe he is one of the few players who simultaneously, Jay, has the most to gain and also the most to lose at the combine. I think it's it's he's two peas. It's two peas in that one Devon A-chain pod. I think he's got the most to gain and also the most to lose. Let's just say he comes in at 5'9", 185, and tests the way that we believe he tests. I think it's wheels up. For Devon A. Chain. And what I don't want to do is double count for things that we already know. Like, we already yeah. know he's crazy fast. Like, if, if you don't know, you should know that he's f- ridiculously fast. But there will be people who see him run sub 4-3 or low 4-3s and be like, oh, my God, he's so fast. Yet, w- we've known this, right? Why are we double counting for something that we've already known? The big thing for me is if he goes out there and does that, if he's 5'9", 185, and tests the way he does, this is where, and I've been saying it for six months now, that he's the player that's going to put a lot of people's processes to the test because he's going to be built like an outlier, right? Because he's not very big, but he's extremely fast, and he's most assuredly, if he goes out there, tests at that size and weight, he's going to get the requisite draft capital to matter for fantasy football gamers, um, but Jay, I, I'm not, I, I like, tell me if I'm a little too off and I know we've got some speed stores, speed score stuff as well. If he's like five, eight, one eighty, right? Five, seven and a half, one eighty eight. Does that change the way that we view him? If he's an inch or two shorter, which a lot of times these players come in shorter than their listed weight. Um, does that can, would would he, would you completely write him off of your board. For me, I'm just like, I mean, I mean he goes, he, he, he starts to feel kind of like Dree Archer from a while ago. Just yeah. a guy that's just very fast, but just too damn little, right? Like, and I, I, I'm, my fingers are crossed for this. And, and unfortunately for us, we got to wait until Sunday. So we got six yeah. more days until we get to see what they do. 
But is is that one for sure that has the most to gain, most to lose this coming week? I think you're right. I think in terms of most to gain, most to lose, he has to run fast. I think Ray in a lot he of will. ways people he be, will. People be disappointed. But oh, but I think people will be he disappointed will. if he doesn't run four two. Right? Like I think That's if you're looking at A chain, if he if he runs like a four three five, I feel like people will be like, Oh, I thought he was faster than that. Right? Especially if he comes in at five eight, five seven. Um to your point about the height, I don't think I'm that concerned about the height because he's still a running back, right? Like his job isn't to go up and catch passes, so the height isn't as big of a factor. It may even work in his favor, running behind a small offensive line. But to your point about Drew Archer, that was a great comp because he was, I believe he was in the four twos, but he was small, really, really small. And so it, it, for him, it's twofold, right? Is What does he come at from a weight perspective? The height I'm not as concerned about. If he can break 180, that'd be really good for him because then if he runs in the four twos, he's 70 percentile or higher in terms of speed score, right? So he's good there. But if he's smaller than that, then you're looking at a very small group of people in terms of NFL backs that have had any success in the NFL at all, period, right? And that's when you'll see the guys saying, I can't take him because you're just betting on too much of an outlier here. And so that's where for me, if he comes in at 180, he he's probably okay. But if you're talking about a guy who's 165, 170, that's when you're kind of like, oh, I don't know, because you're, there's the sample size of those players is so small. That just becomes difficult to stomach. And to your point about putting the process to the test, I still think he would get drafted, you know, in the th- uh, probably uh, third round, day two late or something. But he needs to come in at those weights. And I think he does need to run in the four twos or people will be disappointed. And I think scouts will be disappointed too. What's up, Joe? Joe's in the building. I know Joe's. So I, I want to touch on this really quickly. And I thought this too. I thought this too, um, Joe. So Joe says, guys, more than the 40. The 10-yard split is extremely important for running backs. I thought that too. And a couple of years ago, shout out to uh, Jetpack Galileo. That's his name on Twitter. I asked him to do a study on correlation between 10-yard split and fantasy production. And it wasn't as predictive as I thought. Because I thought that too. I thought that the 10-yard split maybe mattered a little bit more. But he put out a thread on Twitter. If you if you guys want to go pull it up, his uh, Twitter name is Jetpack Galileo, and you could at Jetpack Ten Yard Split Ragey Q. But he he did a whole data plot of that, and there was minimal man. Now that yeah. was back in 2019, 2020. So I don't know if things have changed over the past couple of years. But I, I wanna I want to dive into. I, I think we need to dive into that a little bit more because he he pulled up the numbers, and there was almost like zero. Even the guys. With the tenure, and in my opinion, I thought it was. I was like, "This is important, right? The ten yard is more important yeah. than the forty yard because most NFL runs are between three and four, three and five yards." So I'm like, "I want a guy with the ten yard split." So Joe, just check it out, Joe, because I thought that as well. But when he when he pulled it up and it's on Twitter, I wish I had it pulled up. I meant hell, I wouldn't have known that Joe was going to say that this morning. Or I'd have it pulled up, but just dive into that, Joe. But in my opinion, shit, it, it makes sense to me. I want to see burst acceleration explosion um and to me 10 yards at least seems more football related than a 40 yard split but Devon A chain is is going to be one that I am very because he's a player that I've been touting for a long time Jay so I'm just hoping man the dude comes in at 5'9 185 just be what you're listed at and I'm good with you A chain uh Jay let's stick with the running back position and let's talk about a player that is high on a lot of fantasy gamers' radar, right? Ooh. Very, very high. And we we like him. Finished number three in just film scores for me. Um, 
Zach Charbonnet from UCLA because I have him categorized as one of only four running backs in this class who are true three-down backs. It's him, it's Bijan Robinson, I have Kendra Miller, and Roshan Johnson. Just from a size, athleticism, predicted speed, like I believe those are three running backs, four running backs that can stay on the field, all three downs, no ifs, ands, or buts. There's no liability, no weaknesses to their game as a running back. But, Jay, we've looked at how many mocks, man? How many mocks have we looked at over the course of the past couple of months? Probably 10 to 12 at least. Well, you maybe have looked at 10 to 12. I've looked at way more mocks than that. <laughs> more than 10 to 12 mock drafts, right? I've yet to see Charbonnet mocked inside the top three rounds. I don't think in any of them. In any Ever. of them. Any Ever. of them. Unless it came from a fantasy an- analyst, right? I haven't seen Charbonnet in the top three rounds in any of them. Now, Six foot one, six two, two hundred and twenty pounds. He pro he profiles as a true lead running back in the NFL. You see, I'm yep. not saying bell cow, lead running back, right? Early down grinder and a guy that can stay on the field in third downs. I think he's fast, Jay, but he needs Ooh. to be at two twenty. What would he need to run? Do you have the speed score chart pulled up? What would yeah, yeah. uh if he's two twenty like to give him like ninetieth percentile? I just want to see high. 90th percentile. 4-4-3. I don't think he's running 4-4-3. So to your point, if he breaks 4-5, he's around the 75th percentile. So in the top top 25% of all backs, right? Which would be very good, right? If he's, if he is, you know, because that's, I think Nick Chubb was under, I think he was like 4-4-9 or 4-4-8. And he was like 230, 235 pounds when he ran. Um, We Mm -hmm. talked about Saquon Barkley when he ran under under 4-4. He was, you know, 95th percentile. Uh, but Charbonnet, I think, you know, as long as he's running in the probably four or five, even four or five, five, if he's 220, if he's heavier than that, though, and he's up where it's 225 and he breaks four or five, then he's almost 85th percentile. Right. So, you know, just talking about speed scores, the weight and uh, and the speed correlation there, it's he'd be right around that range as long as he runs in the four or fives. If he's running slower than that, that's when you have a problem for some of these guys. You want all your backs to break four or six, no matter what, no matter how heavy. They are. They need to break four six in most cases, and and that's where speed score not it it kind of falls off. But you don't see a lot of running backs succeed in the NFL who run slower than four six, especially in you know the modern NFL. You could go back obviously a long time ago and find some backs, but in the modern NFL, you know you look at Alvin Kamara. He ran four six. Some of the other talented running backs. When you get beyond four six, and you're in uh, <laughs> who's the running back from Zach Moss range back when he mm. ran like a four a four six eight. That's when your backs are just a little bit too slow. Um, for the NFL and it's not about the long speed it's just that's the threshold that we've kind of found in fantasy when you're around four six that's that's when what you want to break but yeah like like Scott's saying here 225 if it breaks four five that would be a very 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 good number for him he's a big back man Charbonnet's a big dude and again third bet third rate is back third highest rate is back for me right now as far as just film on tape I mean he can do everything he's a fantastic back and I'm so glad I'm so proud where's a round of applause Uh, Just a round of applause for the fantasy community in general, Jay, because, okay, that was a long sounder, because we have, you know what I'm not hearing this year a ton, and I'm so proud, oh, he's a senior, oh, he wasn't an early, like, like people are just like, I don't give a damn, senior, junior, redshirt, sophomore, if you could ball and score me points, I don't care, so I'm very proud of the fantasy community for the evolution of just being like, I just want cats that are going to score. I don't care if they're a senior, 
If you're 25 years old, give me two years and I'll kick you to the curb, right? Like, I, I'm just, I'm happy, Jay. I'm very happy. I'm happy. Um, I think he's got a lot to gain. I don't think there's much that he can lose, though. I don't think there's, he's a big back. If he doesn't run as fast as we think, then he's going to continue to not be mocked inside the first three rounds of the draft. And that is just kind of where he is. And that doesn't mean he's not going to be bad. But I, I, I am excited to see what Zach Charbonnet does, because I think he'll test okay. I don't think he's going to test like a freak athlete, but I think he's going to test well enough to where more people will see that size, look at his profile, look at his production, and say, this is a guy that I think can command some type of work in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, we talk about risers and fallers. If he does run, you know, if somehow, right, he runs under 4-5, he would probably be a second-round pick. And then if he doesn't run under four five and he's kind of like four five five range, I think that would still be a good number for him, especially with where GMs are kind of looking at these backs now. You want them to be right around that range, especially at his size. And like you mentioned, a guy that can easily command a majority share of the touches over fifty percent, sixty percent. You know, probably not going to get up to seventy percent. That's a very rare touch threshold for a lot of these running backs. But he could be a guy who does take the majority of shares in a backfield and run with it, right? Whether there's rushing the ball, I'm sure he'll look good pat catching the ball as well if he does some pass catching drills. Look, excited to see his footwork a little bit. So I'm excited to see, but UCLA, mega producer, right? Both years he was there. Um, we wanted him to come out last year. He never did. Now he's in, you know, a pretty deep running back class. Probably would have been better for him if he did come out last year, but uh, he, he should be very good. And I think it's, it's unfortunate because I want to know what the scouts see that we don't see, right? To have him in the fourth round, to have him, you know, after day three, we never see him in the mocks this high, but hopefully when he goes to the combine, he can rise up those boards a little bit and be a locked in day two pick for, uh, cause it'd be great for fantasy. But Ray, if he, if he doesn't look good, how do you think you would feel about him after the combine? If he doesn't look good and some other racks are looking better and we already know he's ranked as a fourth rounder. It would kind of feel like Isaiah Spiller of last season, where we're still high on him because the yeah, tape looks good, uh, but he's but he's not a a, set, a day a third round pick. He's a fourth rounder, or you know potentially even a fifth rounder. So that's what kind of scares me with Charbonnet a little bit is that we're not seeing any love from the scouting community, yeah, from the NFL draft yeah, community, but yeah. we still like him. And at yeah. what point do we change our process? Yes, you are right, Jay. You are bringing up an ugly truth. I I don't. Yeah. This was a trap that happened last year. The tape was good. I don't give a damn about any of that. I don't care you ran a 4-6-4. The tape was good. And then you draft in the fourth round, fifth round, and then you don't get opportunity. It'd be scary. I don't think he will. Matt Bruning said they have him clocked at 21 miles an hour. The average is about 19. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, two guys that the combine is just made for, Jay. Two players the combine is just made for. Israel Abanacanda and Sean Tucker. Yeah. It's it's made for those two guys. I, I think those are two players that again, very few play very few mocks, even though Sean Tucker is a beloved fantasy football name, very few mocks have this guy. I've seen zero with him in the first couple of rounds. Zero. Uh Israel Abanacanda, zero. None for him as well. Yeah. Izzy listed at 5'10, 5'11, 215. Sean Tucker right around 208. Both of these guys should run very fast. Both of them should run very fast. Now, for us on Sunday, we have an absolute treat because A-Chain, the, the pronunciations of the names already came out, and then you could see their RB01, RB07. You see where mm -hmm. they're already slotted. We get to start off the running back draft or the running back combine portion with Israel Abanacanda and Devon A-Chain. Those are the first two backs up in the 40s. So we could right off the rip 
see sub four threes from both guys right off the rip. I think Izzy's probably a low four four, mid four three kind of runner. And A Chain, who knows what he could run? People say he could break the record. Four two four was uh, John Ross. That's still the record, correct? Four two four. I think it's four two two. Four two two. Excuse me. Four two two for yeah. John Ross. That's rolling. I don't know if he's going to go that fast, but that's rolling. So Izzy and Sean Tucker, I think, have a ton to gain. Again, don't know how much they have to lose, but they definitely, definitely have a lot to gain because one thing that the NFL has tried and true, Jay, speed kills, man. People are looking for fast players. And if you're fast, even if you're not particularly good, you're going to get some opportunity. I, I don't think Raheem Mostert's some great running back. But you toss him the ball and you give him a lane and he's going to score. Like, he's just fast. He's going to rip off chunk plays. Like, he's just – the speed kept him around in the NFL. If you can run fast, you'll have a role. And that that doesn't matter if it's running back or wide receiver. You'll continue to get opportunities and shots because you can move so fast. So I think Izzy Abanacanda and Sean Tucker both have a ton to gain at the combine because they're not being talked about in most circles is – you know, top five backs. I don't ever see him inside the top five, yeah. never inside the top eight, outside of fantasy community. I'm talking about draft. I mean, Sean Tucker's probably the lowest of all of them. I mean, you look at We Bruger, never see you, him in mocks. He's outside ever. of people's top 12 running backs in this class. So a ton to gain from those two. The running backs in general, Jay, um, unfortunately, Kendra Miller, we're not going to get to see him. Yep. I think he's one of the most talented running backs in this class, but he's not going to do anything at the combine. And there's still concerns and questions if he'll do anything at the pro day. So any other running backs you want to touch on before we kind of move to receivers and some other players that we're excited to see? I think the one that I do want to see is Zach Evans, right? I, I want to see if he can be faster than I expect him to be because we expect him to have the size, right? We don't expect him to do a lot in the receiving game, but... If he comes out here and has a good speed score, he could be a guy that rises up some boards as well because, again, we know that he can run. It's just the vision, the footwork is kind of questionable. But you talk about a guy who can hit a hole, Zach Evans is that dude. And, and for how polarizing he's been in the community, I'm very excited to see how he tests because I think that could shift his value a little bit for people. And then it's funny, you mentioned uh, Israel Banikanda and then Devon A-Chain. And then after him, the uh i feel so bad tank bigsby he's gonna be running after those guys probably running in the four fives under four or five if he's lucky but yeah i think that him and then deuce vaughn yeah is deuce, the other i was one. looking at deuce vaughn be too man because i just don't want him to be the next uh what is it kyron williams i i, I don't think he's gonna be but we thought kyron williams was fast enough and he wasn't right mm -hmm. and i just i want to see deuce vaughn run fast to where I'm comfortable taking him in fantasy. Obviously, his height weight does matter a little bit because he could be really small. And then some of these other bigger backs um, as well, like Dwayne McBride. I want to see if he can break they a 4-6. NFL yeah. loves Dwayne McBride. Everything I yeah. hear about him is just glowing. I have him ranked inside my top 10 running backs on film. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. We're inside the top 12. In top 10. Yeah. Inside the top 12 so, film. So he's People one. I need to see how he runs, right? Because I think Tajay Spears will run fast. But yeah, it's, he it's, can, Dwayne, can Dwayne McBride run a time that is good enough for the NFL, right? I think he's going to come in. Obviously, the size is great. He, the the ability, the talent we've seen on film is good. But can he actually run fast enough? Because if he, if he runs like Zach Moss did, 4-6-8, he's off my board. Like, you just... 
you just can't take those guys. But it's funny you just mentioned the speed. It feels like the NFL is becoming more college. In college, a lot of times you just want athletes, and then you develop them into players on your team wherever they ultimately fit in. And the NFL is just recruiting athletes to certain spots, and they'll figure out, teach them how to play within the scheme, how to play within the system. But everything you can't teach is what they ultimately draft for, which is speed, athleticism, and just pure intellect in a lot of ways as well. Joe went and did the research. She said, I saw the chart, no trend, but all the elite max point per game studs are super fast in the 10 yard split. Differences don't matter that much though. So yeah, no. uh, Joe. Okay. Like I'm, there's no doubt. Like we can't debate the, the numbers, but it just, it feels like I would rather my running backs have a fast 10 yard split. I'm just saying, I'm just going to say that, right? Like it just, I want you to be bursty. I don't need you to rip off 90 yard touchdown runs. I need you to be able to rip off chunk plays. And if you go back and look at Ezekiel Elliott, Jay, <laughs> I think for his career, go look at what his longest rush was. I mean, every season oh, is yeah, like 30 yards. We did that exercise. Low. It's pretty low. Like, Zeke ain't out there Derrick Henry in uh, plays, right? It was like 30 yards, 40-yard runs, like season maxes. It's not high, but he's bursty and explosive enough. So, I I mean, I can't, I can't dispute with the data, but... I still want to see him run a 10-yard split. Go ahead. What do you have? He he only has one season with a 50-yard run. His longest ever is 60. And then he's got a couple seasons where he broke 40, but most of his seasons have been less than 40. Most Less than 40 yards. And he was a, yeah. an awesome an And awesome actually less back. than 35 yards. That's what I'm... It's just crazy. I We can't d- dispute the data. Not a lot of correlation, but I still, like Joe said, the elite backs have fast 10-yard splits. I want to see you have a 10-yard split fast. Um... Jay, I've got a receiver for you, man. That well, let, let's. Some people are talking about speed. You're either born with it, or you don't have it. You can't teach speed. Some you some can't teach pe- speed. Come on. Some you you said you can't or you can. Not really. Not really. No. You may not be able to like teach speed, but you can do things to become more explosive. You can yeah. train to have and. To be honest with you, the 40-yard dash isn't even – it's uh, uh, its not even a true measure of speed. It's the measure of max acceleration, like how quickly – which, okay, some people say, oh, that's speed. But you can be – there's some technique and some technical it's things technique, you can yeah. do. It's technique, yeah. When you're going from the – what is it? The three-point stance, basically? The, the actual sprinting position? Yeah. It's, it's, it's a lot a different lot tech- than just it's, it's standing a at a line and running like you do in the NFL, right? Yeah, and, and that's why I do wish they did some things at the combine where they did rolling 40s to measure yeah. miles per hour. I think that would be a little more indicative because how often in the NFL do you start from a three-point stance and just sprint, right? Like no, normally, Unless you're at the end, right? <laughs> normally you're moving. Normally you're moving and then you explode, right? So I think some rolling 40s uh, would be interesting to see. 40-yard dash is just max velocity. How quick can you get to top-end speed? And some guys, they don't pick up until around the 20, 30-yard mark, and then they take off, which is why, back to the 10-yard split, I want to see you be able to run a quick 10-yard split. Like, that's just me, right? Do you remember who ran the fastest 10-yard splits last year? No. I'm curious, though. It's Sky Moore and Christian Watson. What was... Okay. It might have been like a... I don't know what the number was. I think it was like 131 or something. It was pretty fast. It was pretty fast. But yeah, to your point about receivers who... Again, getting on the toes of the DB quickly. Quickly. That's yeah. that's what you want, right? And Christian Watson, for, to his credit, he did have the fastest 10-yard split at the combine last year. Interesting. And he's pretty good. 
He's pretty good. Yeah, he's pretty good. Um, great segue into the wide receivers that I'm excited to see, Jay. That was that was phenomenal. Hand K, air horn for you, man. That was good. Good, 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 good segue. Um, one of the receivers that I think has a lot to gain, Jay, and while we sit here and we talk about JSN all day, every day, and Quentin Johnston all day, every day, and Jordan Addison all day, every day, quietly, one of the guys that I'm just writing down, I will draft, I will draft, I will draft, out of the Big 12 from Oklahoma, Marvin Mims. I think he's got a oh. lot to gain. I think Marvin Mims is going to go out there and perform very well. And he feels like the receiver that every year there's a receiver that just sneaks into round two, that sneaks into early round three. And when you look at Marvin Mims, man, and for me, I am just a yards after the catch whore, Jay. You give me somebody that can do something after the catch, I'm I'm all in. I am smitten. Old GQ is just in love. If you are a receiver and you can make stuff happen after the catch. You know how many players in this 2023 draft class have a better uh, yards after the catch per reception grade than Marvin Mims? Probably not many. Not many. And two guys that played on the same team, coincidentally. Uh, oh. Both of them played at TCU. One of them is the oh. aforementioned Quentin Johnston. The other one is his teammate, Darius Davis. Nobody else. Nobody. No Addison. No Kayshawn. And it is Booty. It is not Boutte. It's Booty. It's Booty? It is Booty. We have been saying it wrong. <laughs> All year. It's booty. It is Kayshawn Booty. It is Kayshawn Booty. General Booty. None of them have a higher yards after the catch per reception than Marvin Mims outside of Quinn Johnson and Darius Davis. He's fantastic. He's got size. He can go up. Pretty good in 50-50 contest-to-catch situations. Um, I think he's good in and out of his transitions. He's good in zone. He's good versus man. So I think Marvin Mims, again, a player that nobody's talking about Mims, man, I think he's going to be a nice little riser. There's a lot of NFL draft people who are like, Marvin Mims is a quality receiver. One of those guys that you're just going to look up one day and be like, damn, how did we miss on Marvin Mims? So I'm pretty excited to see what he does at the Combine this week. I think it could be a big week for Mr. Mims. And Oklahoma's got a good history. And I, I know some names. I can go back. I can go back. You, you don't remember some of those uh, Mason days and <laughs> sure I Ryan Broyles and those <laughs> names of Oklahoma, man. They've got a good history of uh, solid wide receivers. So I'm excited for Marvin Mims this week. I think he's a name that we need to pay attention to. Yeah, you're right. And definitely Mims is a guy that we got to pay, pay attention to. It's funny, though. You mentioned him and another guy that we're just not really seeing on a ton of mock drafts, right? We, we try yeah. to find some of the deeper mocks. We try to get to at least the third round when we can, sometimes deeper than that. Um, but yeah, like you said, a lot of his metrics look good. His zone grade is is solid. And it's, the only thing it's funny is you see all these receivers that they're all Big 12 receivers, of course, because they don't play defense in the Big 12. So the yards per the yak per reception is very high for all of these guys. But Mims is talented, though. He is. He was highly touted as a freshman, performed well as a freshman. I know you were all over him after that freshman season. And then Lincoln Riley left and it's like, oh, shit, here we go again. But Marvin Mims decided to stay. He could have transferred like Mario Williams did, but he decided to stay and had a pretty good season. You know, like you said, it's quiet. No one's talking about it, but he could definitely perform well and look good um, at the combine and, and definitely raise that stock up because, you know, once you get past the first four receivers or so, that's when it's very open. People, you know, they love Zay Flowers. They love Josh mm -hmm. Downs, but mm -hmm. you can't be surprised if a player like Marvin Mims sneaks up because yeah. he just looks better than those guys. I because agree. I wouldn't say that it's clear cut. I think that Zay Flowers is kind of working his way to be wide receiver four right now. You know, in the, in that range, people are all in on Zay Flowers. They love the, yeah. the burst, the explosion, the yak. Yeah. Uh, they're kind of just 
they're kind of just ignoring that man grade, but it's okay. It's okay, right? Not yeah. everyone looks at the tape all the time. Yeah. But it's, I think for me, though, with Mims, is just I want to see what that speed is because I think he could be a low 4-4s guy. And if he breaks 4-3, then I think we really got to pay attention because he's a deep threat that I did not expect to see in, in the class. I You know, obviously, we've seen him get deep in the Big 12, but it's very different, right? The Big 12, I just... Zero stock in that defense, as you can see by all these Big 12 receivers with these high yards after the catch. But he can do a lot. He's a talented receiver. It's just, how does he shake out? But And can he be a third-round pick? At which point, I think I'd probably want Marvin Mims. I think he'd go higher than that. But but neither here nor there, Jay. Let's get ready to double count. Let's get ready because it's going to happen. Let's get ready to double count. Jalen Hyatt from Tennessee. There's not a doubt in my mind. He's going to run very, very, very fast, Jay. And he's going to yeah. look good because unlike Zay Flowers, unlike Tyler Scott, I mean, he's 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 pretty tall, right? He's six foot. Yeah, he's big. Got him listed at one like 85, and he looks put together. He's a weird build. I know I made fun of him on the last show. He's got a weird build, right? Like a long torso, short legs, just a weird build. But he's going to run very fast. And there are already NFL draft scouts that have him as the top-ranked receiver in the class, period. Right? Wide receiver one, yeah. Jay. And he's That's... probably going to do every. He's probably going to look good everything he does. I watched the tape. I like yep. it. I think he's got a unique skill set, and I think he's the best in his class at some of the things that he does. I just think he's got he's got some things that he needs to work on from a technical standpoint to be a complete receiver. But there's no doubt that walking out of the combine, I think the receivers perform Saturday. I think the I'm not sure. I haven't even looked at the schedule. Or they yet. might be. They might be earlier. But there's not a doubt in my mind that walking out of the combine, the masses will be going crazy for Hyatt. I, I think, I think he's going to be one where people double count, push him up a little higher than maybe he needs to be. But it's going to happen, man. It's it's going to happen because he's going to run very. And when you look at the slot receivers in the NFL today. Not many of them are run the way that he does, right? Not many yeah. of those guys are are screaming low four threes, maybe even high. Hyatt, Hyatt's, I would bet that he'd run in the high four twos. There's not many of those oh. guys in the NFL today that have that type of speed. He's going to be one that I think he's got a lot to gain. I think he's. I think Jalen Hyatt could legitimately cement himself as a top fifteen pick after this week. We could we could we can go into next okay. week and they'd be like, this dude's going to be a top fifteen pick. In the NFL draft, whether you like it or not, I don't mm. think I don't think Henry Ruggs deserved to be a top fifteen pick. But when you could yeah. run that fast, I mean, NFL teams are just going to take a shot on you, man. All right, Ray. So let, you brought up Henry Ruggs, and I do want to ask you this question because you, I know you've watched tape on a lot of these guys, but it's I think where people are so confused. Right, we've talked about this a little bit. There's this narrative that Hyatt can't be wide receiver one because oh well, Quentin Johnston can be an alpha, and JSN can be an alpha, and you know Jordan Addison can be an alpha. But the issue is, is that you talked about Ruggs and he was in a class with Jerry Judy. He was in a class with C.D. Yeah. Lamb in a class with real alphas. And we saw that in college. Right. These guys, in my opinion, are not that I, I think that if you were to bet on a guy to be an alpha, it would be QJ. Right. I openly admit that. I don't know if I would go that far. But again, I don't think it's crazy to think that Hyatt could be wide receiver one because of what he does at an elite level. And so after watching him on tape. Do you feel like there is legitimate alpha traits in these guys that you believe that they should be ahead of Hyatt? Or do you believe there's a world where Hyatt could be one of the better receivers in this class simply because of the things that he does well? 
Yeah, no, I don't okay. think so. I, I mean, okay. I think I, I think he's very good at what he does. I think he's the best tracker of the ball in the class. Like when the ball's in the air, his ability Which is to locate and draw and track. I think it's the best in the class. He puts his head down. He is running past you like every single time. If you one on one him in the slot, he will burn you deep. There's no if ands or buts about it. I think he's phenomenal. In that regard, Jay, I just don't know if right now he does a lot of anything else, right? Yeah. He he, he, he is not... And that's the concern, least, right? That's the concern. But... Is can we see more? He's and and how does he develop, right? It's, yeah, and he's going to have every opportunity with the capital to develop his tool set and his bag and his arsenal and the way that he wins. I just don't think he's as refined right now. So you, you are betting on some of the traits and hopefully... He's not asked to do much early. Listen, Des Bryant's rookie year in Dallas, they didn't ask him to do much of anything. He returned punts. He ran slant routes. He ran fades. like, And they ran screens to him. That's all he did. He ended up yeah. developing as he got better. Like, this is... These guys are 21, 22 years old. Like, their 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 book is just getting started, man. They're, we're just turning... The prologue was college, man. They're just in chapter one right now. So yeah. that doesn't mean that he can't get better. But right now... I don't have him as one of the top three, four receivers in this class, but I do love the skill set. Now, another fast guy, because we know this thing is all made for speed, Tyler yeah. Scott, another player that no one knows anything about Tyler Scott outside of Matt Bruning. Um, yep. But Tyler Scott apparently is going to run very fast as well. Wide receiver out of Cincinnati. He was drafted in the first round of the USFL draft for whatever reason. Maybe they yes, don't he think was. he's going to go to the NFL. Uh, but Tyler Scott's going to be a high draft pick. And... A lot of people, I think Dane Brugler said he had him inside as like top 30 players in the class, man. Oh, really? Cause I, yeah. I know that Brugler said, I think Brugler had him top 50 for sure. Wasn't quite top 40. I believe he was in the 40 to 50 range. But when I was reading the last big board that Brugler did, Brugler said that Tyler Scott is just one of his guys. One of the guys that he will go to bat for in this class because he just really likes what he does well. And people, I don't know if I brought this up on the show before, but he was a running back in high school. So you and you kind of see that movement skills yeah, translate when he gets like the ball back. in his hands as he's running with the ball in between tacklers. When he has space, he does have that kind of running back mindset in the way that he moves. And so, again, another trait that's like it's small. It shouldn't matter. But when you look at some of these other receivers, you can see the additional movement skills, the way he sets up defenders. All of that is on display when he gets the ball in space and another reason why he could be a guy who while small frame not necessarily a a big receiver but i know that brugler has kind of comped him to tyler lockett in the way that he could win at the nfl level that's interesting that's interesting yeah. i don't i don't i don't hate it i don't hate it I, I like honestly man there aren't many players in this class that i just dislike that i'm just like i don't want any shares of them i think they're a dog they're not good it's just it I, I, I hate to give the cop-out answer this year, Jay, but I think landing spot is going to be essential for a lot of these players, right? I really do. Oh, yeah. When you look at this wide receiver class, I do have a number one. I know who the one will be for me. I'm not ready to, to drop it yet, but it's like, do you want the upside or do you want the safety, right? Do you just, mm -hmm. do you not want to miss? Do you want to, do you want to go up to the plate Swing for the home run, or do you just want to get on base? And I think this year, in 2023, with the wide receivers, I just want to get on base, man. Whether that's a single, whether that's a double, I'd be I'd be happy with a double. If I can hit a double with these receivers, I'd be happy. I don't need the home run. 
I don't need a triple. Just get me to second. Like if you can get me to yeah. if you can get me to second base, hopefully if I've roster constructed the right way, I've got enough people to take you home, right? I just want to get on base with these receivers. I don't want to go up to the plate, swing big and miss at receiver this year because there are so many quality ones. I just don't feel like I have to swing big at receiver. Now, quarterback is a little different story in my opinion, but at receiver, I don't believe that we have any Listen, if we can go back to 2020, Jay, and you you got to put your, your yourself in the scouting mind back in 2020, CD Lamb, Jerry Judy, Justin Jefferson, Brandon Ayuk, Rager was in that class. We know he's not very good. Henry Ruggs is in that class. We know he's not in the NFL right now. 2021, yeah. Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddell, Elijah Moore, Rashad Bateman. 2022, Garrett Wilson, Drake London, Chris Olave, Traylon Burks, Jamison Williams. Jay, I would damn near take every last one of the aforementioned names before any wide receiver in this class. Any. Yeah. Right? Yeah. If people didn't like Drake London, I don't know how on earth you could like Quentin Johnson. If you didn't like the yeah. big receiver, you didn't think he can separate because London was far more technical than Quentin Johnson ever aspires to be. Right? They're both massive targets. QJ's more... Uh, he's more explosive in my opinion, but Drake London was far more refined as a wide receiver. If I just, I would take almost all of the guys that we mentioned from 2020 to 2022 before any receiver in 2023. So therein lies the problem with this class. And how high would you take one of those receivers in a rookie draft? It's, it's kind of, it's just kind it's of. It's not like, going to be high, right? Yeah, I it's, mean. It, no, tough. it is It is going to be high because you don't really, there's nothing else to do. It's kind of like, what else do you do? <laughs> like, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. But for me, yeah. I'm, just try, I'm just trying to hit doubles, man. If I can hit singles and doubles this year, I'm good with that. Give me some quality players that will have some market value that I can move, that if I have to keep them on my roster, they'll be productive. I don't need to hit the grand slam in 2023 with the wide receivers. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. There's a lot of guys that could be something but again the problem for us is that they could be nfl relevant but not fantasy relevant right wide receiver threes on teams can produce a little bit kj osborne types is kind of what i see in a lot of these receivers guys that can do something but for fantasy they're not overly relevant uh but right i'm really excited to see the tight ends real yeah. i don't know if you want to talk about tight ends yeah, but yeah, i'm really ahead, excited to see ahead, the tight ends who, who whether you, it's who, i want to see, see what kincaid runs Kincaid is the one I want to see run. I want to see Musgrave run as well. I hope they run and I hope they test everything because these guys are like, like even Payne Durham, massive human being. Mm -hmm. Like he looked awesome in the senior bowl. I, I'm just curious to see how that shakes up for these guys because again, some of these, some of these draft scouts have six tight ends in their top 60. Like I feel like this testing could really matter for some of these tight ends and how they ultimately look at the combine. Did you see? I I, I was scrolling late last night, man. I was up sweating out some of those uh some of those prop bets last night, sweating late with those damn Denver Nuggets. Um, but Darnell Washington in high school in the in the hundred okay. yard dash was timed at eleven point six four hundred meter hundred meter dash. I think eleven six four. Jameer Gibbs eleven point three. Devon A. Chain, 10.09. Well, well, Devon A. Chain's like a, a low 10s. But the, the tight ends are going to be fun to watch. And I think we get them early. I believe. I believe. But you're talking about... I talked to Mike. They're with the wide receivers. So they're on Saturday. They're on Saturday. So we'll get... 
Yeah. So wide receivers, QBs, tight ends are all on Saturday. And then running backs, O-line is on Sunday. And we've been, Jeremiah finally confirmed what we've been talking about, Jay. This is a year where if you're in a dynasty startup, Jay, I'm not overpaying for these mid-level tight ends. I'm not overpaying for Chig no O'Connor. Way. I love Chig, right? I'm not overpaying for, K- well, let me leave Chig out of it. I like Chig. Yeah. I'm not overpaying for Kate Auden, Dalton Schultz, Noah Fant, Pat Fry. Literally, there are probably six or seven tight ends that are going to walk in, and before you know it, they're starters, right? Sam yeah. Laporta out of Iowa, which I dug into his tape a little bit. Legit. Sam Laporta's legit. Here we Tucker go. Tucker Craft, Darnell Washington, Michael Mayer, Luke Musgrave, uh, 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 Kincaid, Dalton yeah. Kincaid. I mean, the Darnell, I mean, the it is loaded at tight end. This is where if you play in two tight end leagues or tight end premium leagues, just chillax, yeah. baby. Don't go spend, don't go spend a, a high startup pick on Dalton Schultz or I, I just I think there's some guys that we like. And then when you look up Dallas, I know we love us some Jake Ferguson. I love him. I wouldn't be love shocked if, if 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 Dallas drafts another tight end, right? They let Schultz walk and draft another one of these guys, right? So this is going and all of them are athletic. All of them, even Michael Mayer. I'd say right. That's that's the question. Is, even Mayer? is, Ma- is yes. Michael Mayer gonna is he gonna run? I, I need I need a definitive statement. Will Michael Mayer run the 40? At the combine? At the combine. Will he run the 40? With the laser. I think he will. I think he will. Okay. I think okay. Mayer, I think Mayer's got the balls to do it. He's got You got the Scott Connor excited now. He's, He's got the dog to do it. I, yeah, I think Mayer's gonna run. I think Mayer's gonna run. Musgrave's gonna run. If Kincaid, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know he had an injury that forced him out of the senior bowl. Hopefully he's yeah. good. Big Wash is going to run. Laporta will run. We'll see a lot of the tight ends run. I think Mayer will. If I got to call the shot now, I think Mayer does test at the combine. But these are, feels like he has to a little bit just man, to kind of you know save face with with like with Luke Musgrave and like yeah, all these guys are I know huge I know huge huge know. huge athletes. If Mayer doesn't run. It may it may bump out of favor. Like we've seen the rise of already of Musgrave of Austin Kincaid to it. where they're right there. Austin yeah, just said I if think he doesn't right. run, if he doesn't run, and those other guys do, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I think he will. I think I they're going to be fast and they're going to yes. be good. Yeah, this is a good. It's a good class, you guys. It, it is a good class, and I do believe that we should be very excited to get some of these numbers and measurables from the combine. I'm going to say it now, and y'all got to hold me to it. Chat. Wake up, chat. I'm looking at you all. All 296 of you live and all the the, the thousands that will watch after. Hold us to it. We must not overreact after the Just Yeah, right. We can't, Jay. We can't. We just just wait it. till we have running backs on Sunday, and it could be late because remember when they bumped back the combine times and stuff? Yeah, Hopefully but they, they fixed all, that scheduling. They switched all that crap this Go year. Go back they, to the morning, man. Yeah, they, they switched the all that. Yeah, that, we can't. We have to react, but we let's not overreact. Okay. Yeah. Is that a promise? If if Jonathan Mingo looks good though, I'm gonna be I'm gonna oh be up gosh. here. Oh what, man! I saw Alex in the chat. Alex, I saw that. I'm with you. That's that's my guy. That's that's Mike Woods 2.0 this year is Jonathan Mingo. Because that's and exactly, 10 and a quarter chance. That's exactly what we want is is Mike Woods 2.0. That's what we're looking for. Um, At least year. I'm honest. At least I'm honest. Does but JSN test? It, Let's do it. Does JSN I don't think, test? So he's a guy I could see not testing. But the question, okay, so we hurt Mayer. 
We say Mayer's not 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 tight end one if he doesn't test. If JSN doesn't test, I don't think you could put him at wide receiver one because that means he's probably slow. And maybe that's double counting, but you want to see him run at least in the four fives. If he doesn't, if he doesn't run, he's not running in the four fives. I don't think he. I don't think he doesn't. But if he didn't, and there was a, there was a receiver who didn't test, I think he's probably the guy. I think QJ tests. I think Addison tests. Yes, I think yes, Hyatt tests. That I think JSN's top of the list of guys who won't test. I think he's going to test. I think he's going to test. Okay. I hope so. I think he's going to test. Because because you talk about make or break for the combine, he needs to run fast. Does Bijan test? Maybe not. Maybe that's a good point. Bijan maybe doesn't test. I think it depends. I think it won't matter to him. Yeah, it won't matter. He might run. He might want to. He might want to show off the wheels, right? Yeah. He may not do the drills, but he may want to show off the wheels for the scouts a little bit, get them a little excited. All right. All right. We'll see, man. It's. I think we're going we to have a do lot. a whole segment. Will he we're, test? We're going to have a lot to talk about after this week. Man, it just sucks that we only get Monday to do it. Monday's show might be massive. Monday might be a little It'll bigger show. Since I'm not going to be here on Wednesday, we may go a little longer. We may go. I know Joe was uh, uh, getting on us last week to say go to 830. We may go to 830 next week, depending on what happens at the combine, depending on who does what. We may have to have yeah. a big show next Monday. So stay tapped yep. in. I think this Wednesday... We're probably we should have a new mock from Brugler or yeah, Jeremiah. Expecting something from Brugler hopefully tomorrow. I think yeah. whether it's a big board update, he usually updates on Tuesdays, and I think this is the week that he sh- will hopefully give us a new uh, full like That's, an actual mock draft, which would be okay. Good. So hopefully we get a mock for Wednesday, and then what we'll do on Monday for the first hour is sort of react to the combine, and maybe yeah. based on those reactions, we may do a mock live. Oh. We may just mock live and and. Ooh. And really do it because I saw Dynasty Barry say if Sean Tucker comes in, red sub 4-4 four, four, with a 30, 30 BMI, 30% BMI, it's over. He's overreacting, doesn't give a damn what anybody <laughs> says. So, And I may do the same. If A-Chain comes in at like 190-something and Oh, and, man, and that test, would be crazy. Jay, I'm standing up, baby, and I'm pulling him down for everybody. I'm pulling it down, Jay. I, if A-Chain comes in at 190-something at 5'9 and test away, it's over. It's all over. Pa- all partnerships gone. We're just, we're yeah. just, we're just, <laughs> all partnerships just gone out the window. So let's, uh, let's, let's have some fun. Let's have some fun this week. Let's enjoy the process. Appreciate everybody tapping in. I will be out next week, uh, Wednesday, but Wednesday. I'll be back on that following Monday. So only one wake up show that we'll miss, but make sure y'all are here live on Wednesday. We are going to hopefully get a mock draft. We'll tap into that. But Jay, Let's get out of here. Let's do the Dynasty Trade Show, man. We out of this thing. Peace. Yes, sir. Before y'all close off of the video, I just want to say thank you for checking out the content on Destination Devi. Really appreciate every single view that we get. And the only thing that I ask is that you hit the thumbs up button, like the content, subscribe to the channel. And if you can, comment below for the algorithm really helps the channel grow. Now, if you want more exclusive access to me in the entire Destination Devi team, patreon.com forward slash all gas gives you that access now if your money's a little funny we do have free content for you make sure you subscribe to the all gas newsletter there's a link in the description of this video below and subscribe to the destination debbie podcast radio feed where we got all types of shows hidden airwaves every single week Now, I'm about to let y'all into my home right now so you can see my setup in my media room. You are watching this on my brand new Epson 
Epic Vision Ultra LS800 projector. Epson came into your boy's crib and hooked me up with this brand new projector in 120 inch silver flex screen free of charge. And I'm telling you right now, this has completely changed the way that I watch movies, that I watch sports, that I game. If you want a setup like this that takes up absolutely no space at all, there's a link in the description below. Click that or visit Epson.com forward slash wake up to completely change the way that you watch sports. Go big, go epic, go Epson, baby. Now y'all can get out of here. I appreciate y'all tapping in. It's all gas all the time. I love y'all. I'm out of this thing. Peace.